welcome to the Over the Bar podcast. In this week's episode, we are going to talk about the good and bad of football fans. Obviously, COVID-19 restrictions have meant all sporting events have taken place behind closed doors in the past year, and the absence of fans more than anything has put into perspective the importance they have in sport, especially football. In this episode, we'll be looking at what clubs have been deprived of due to no spectators being allowed to attend matches, specifically the financial implications and the effect it has during an actual match. To start off, let me give you some statistics I have found on what the financial perks are of having crowds in a stadium. Whilst ticket sales aren't the only way a club makes revenue, they are by far the biggest contributor to a club financially. For example, Manchester United's home ground Old Trafford has a capacity of over 75,000 and general tickets retail at around £50. Therefore, the money made from a sold-out crowd will be in the region of £3.75 million just from one game of football. In the 2013-14 season alone, Manchester United made £191 million from ticket sales, compared to £108 million made from TV rights and broadcasting. Little things within stadiums contribute to the club's revenue, with thousands of fans each match likely to purchase food and drink from refreshment stands within stadiums. These figures really give an idea of how much clubs rely on, in- rely on fans for income. However, these figures are for Premier League clubs. If you think about non-league, where clubs have no attention from broadcasters, therefore zero profit made from TV coverage, it really puts into perspective how lower league clubs have had it hardest during the pandemic due to their fan base being their main source of income each year up until the pandemic struck. It's not only the benefit that the clubs get from their fans, but also what the fans get from supporting their team. Having a club to support in the local area really gives a sense of community and a feeling of pride for their town or city as a result of following their club. Little things like having a pint before the match with friends and being a part of the atmosphere on the terraces, celebrating goals and having a good Good day out watching your local club is what makes is what football is about for the fans. To gain more of an insight on the importance of fans for non-league clubs specifically, I spoke to Henry Deacon, the former media manager at Haven and Waterlooville Football Club. Having been involved at the club from 2017 to 2021, he definitely knows what supporters bring to non-league. So Henry, to start off, how important do you think fans are for non-league clubs? Uh, probably the most vital part of a football club, if I'm being honest with you. Um, football clubs at a non-league level wouldn't be able to run without season ticket holders, without people paying for the turnstiles for the gates on a weekly basis. Fans, obviously, in the bars after the games, the clubhouses being ram-packed on match days and for a lot of clubs opening up. Especially now with the new COVID restrictions, they're being able to do so during the week. And the most important part of the uh, of 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 the of the process of a football club going forward, because football clubs haven't got much um, revenue factors. Okay, you've got sponsorship models and things like that, and okay, it makes it makes a fair bit of money. Of course, it does, but nowhere near the kind of. Um, the kind of figures that you can get on the gate and you know your season ticket holders that if you get a fair amount then you know that that's kind of set in stone and you can put that into your budgeting your playing costs and and all the other things that, that go with it and of course when it comes to match day as well the 
the vital role that they play, obviously, in getting behind the lads because, uh, you know, 1,000 really boisterous fans at a ground, I mean, take, for example, Wesley Park, could be worth as much weight as, say, when you look at the Emirates with 60,000 fans and the atmosphere really isn't great. So, yeah, they're, they're absolutely vital. Do you think fans are more important at non-league level rather than the Premier League or the Championship, etc.? Absolutely, and and look, fans are important at any level of football. Of course, it is, but at this level, the support base it is, it is, it would literally then become a case of make or break for a football club because without having that number of spectators week in week out, then clubs would fold, and that's why every club, or sorry, every fan has got a moral duty to go and visit their local club when the. Cove restrictions allow and the fans are allowed back into the ground because two years of null and void, it's been tough for everyone. Clubs losing money with no money coming back in. They they definitely need the support of the fans and I hope that they do come back and show that support in their droves because without the fans, non-league football is nothing as a product, both financially and away from the financial side. Just the fans make the experience what it is. You know, they they like the idea of being allowed to have a pint on the terrace, have a bit of a laugh, and, you know, rather than the way it can be at EFL matches where it can be quite, you know, prison-like in the fact that you just sat in your seat for 90 minutes, you can't take your beer into your into your seat, and it's quite restricting what you can and can't do, whereas in non-league you can't do that, and the fans play a more important role in, in the way that a football club works. How do you think the pandemic has impacted non-league football with most fixtures being played behind closed doors? I can tell you from my experience of covering the behind closed doors matches, it was absolutely awful to be part, you know, to, to be there. I mean, look, I was very lucky and fortunate to be able to go to football week in, week out. Absolutely grateful. But the, the spectacle, well, it's just not a spectacle. It's just... it. It feels like being at a training ground, I've got to be honest with you. Um, And I think when you've got part-time players who, of course, they want to do it because they want to try and progress themselves, but they they first and foremost do it because they got the love of the game. I think playing in front of no one does restrict that love of the game. It, it, It takes away that. That that feeling that you want to have when you score a goal and you want to go out to the fans, it's not there. And it's such a tough thing to kind of get used to. And it's something you can't really prepare for. And I just think the whole ecosystem of, of non-league football as a consequence of behind closed doors matches has completely changed. Um, I mean, you look at, um, you know, the financial side of it. I mean, haven't had about... £50,000 in season ticket money, which we had in August. We had to make sure that was saved for the streaming service that we put in place by uh, October. And we had, realistically, by the time we are told we wouldn't allow fans, about 13, 14 days. And trust me, that was a slog to get it sorted. So, I mean, there's a lot of clubs that didn't do season tickets on the provisor that they didn't quite know what the situation was going forward. Um and and they've lost a, a lot of money as a result of that. How important is it for a non-league club to have a strong fan base? Going back to going back to the first couple of points, it probably is the most vital thing. Um, 
it doesn't guarantee success because I think we've seen a few, you know, the stories of Salford, stories of Far where people are investing into non-league football. But uh, if you look at 99% of clubs at non-league level, their their main reliance of income is through the fans and that's through season tickets, that's through tickets on the gate and, and other things such as that. And, and the other thing about non-league football is a strong fan base. It brings other um, benefits because, you know, non-league clubs should be seen as the heart and the pride of the communities. And they should be doing things that make them look as if they they care about their local environment, care about their local community and should be doing projects with local councils, should be doing projects with local schools and and, and things like that. And if you can develop a strong fan base, then you're able to do those things and vice versa. If you do those things, you get out and you show you've got a good reputation within the, the local community, then the fan base does become stronger. And I mean, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong about having the strongest fan base possible. If anything, if you want to, I think in the modern day, if you want to not survive, but thrive in the non-league footballing environment, I think you need as strong a fan base as possible because... As I say, it's going to be a lot of um, a lot of changes around because I'd say the money's not going to be there for obvious reasons. COVID suspended seasons and things like that, and and the role of the fans now to come back to these clubs and come back to these clubs in numbers. Um, you know, it's 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 so it's so important, so important. Do you see any negatives to having spectators at football matches? Um, I'll probably have one when they call me every name under the sun in the commentary box, but no, um, it's it, I, I honestly cannot tell you enough, and I, I'm I've been absolutely privileged, absolutely fortunate to be able to be privy and be able to go to. I think it was in the end about forty games behind closed doors this season, if you include the cup competitions. I'm a very, very lucky man to have been able to have done that during the pandemic when so many people have had to watch on streaming services, laptops, iPads and and, and all the rest of it. Um, so no, no, no negatives to it, I don't think. I think the players desperately are missing the fans. Um, I know the clubs are desperately missing the fans because the fans are the most vital part of the non-league ecosystem. Would you say the presence of fans in a stadium impacts the quality of the match negatively or positively? I think the art it's a difficult answer because I'd say 75% positively because ultimately when you're in that arena you want something to thrive off of and going back to that that being in a behind closed doors fixture it's very, very sterile. There's not a lot going around and you almost have to kind of build that atmosphere for yourself. And some players can do that and can switch that, can flick that switch quite quickly and, and, and some can't. But when you've got the supporters on your side or against you even, it, it just it adds an element to the game. Um, it... It brings out that extra probably 10% you. I mean, you look at the amount of games that probably go off now and behind closed doors after 70 minutes because of fitness and that. You know, fitness after 70 minutes hasn't been anything new. But I think when you've got those fans behind you and 
you do get that extra roar as the game comes towards an end. I think it just gives you that extra little bit of wind in the sails, gives you that extra 10%. And it's those small percentages at the end of the day, which um, which is the difference, isn't it? Um, of course, it can impact negatively if results don't go your way and possibly they want a manager gone or they're not happy with the ownership of a football club, but probably 75% positive. Um and and fans at non-league level are just absolutely vital to to its uh to its survival and its flourishment hopefully in, in the next few years. Well, many thanks to Henry for giving us his thoughts on this topic. Now we're going to move on and we're going to look at the negative sides of football fans. Now, at first, you may struggle to think of any negatives of having football fans off the top of your head. But recent decades have shown us, whilst it may be enjoyable for the fans in a full stadium, it can also be hell for the players. With racism taking a sharp increase in recent years, football being played behind closed doors seems to have offered players a break from the hostility. However, racism and discrimination has still taken place, this time across social media. I did some research into Kick It Out, an organisation who are campaigning to put an end to racism and other forms of discrimination within the game. I found these statistics on the reports from the 2019-2020 football season. Overall, in the professional game we saw a 42% increase in reports of discrimination, in total up to 313 to 446. There was also a 53% increase in reported racial abuse in the professional game between this season and last, up from 184 to 282. Even more alarmingly, we received 117 reports of abuse based on sexual orientation compared to 60 last season, up by 95%. There are also major changes in how individuals chose to report incidents of discrimination to us. At the professional game, phone reports plummeted by over 70%, while reports via social media leapt by 229%. Racism is by far the biggest issue for players these days. Whilst there has been no fans in attendance, abusers have taken to social media, using anonymous accounts to racially abuse football players. Manchester City's Raheem Sterling and Manchester United's Axel Twanzebe have been regular victims of online racial abuse this season and have both made their feelings clear by temporarily stepping away from their social media accounts. It's clearly a big issue within the game and it's beginning to take its toll on the victim's mental health. If football's governing bodies don't cooperate and take action quickly, racism can become career damaging to the players affected. To round off this episode, I'm joined by Jack Dean, a fellow Portsmouth Football Club supporter. We're going to talk about his experience as a Pompey fan. It's a pleasure to have you here, Jack. Thank you for having me. It's all right. So first, I just wanted to start off by asking you, what would you say is better about going to see your football club play live compared to watching them on telly? I think there's there's two main aspects that make it better. I think one of them is on TV you don't get to see the whole pitch. So when you're at a game you can you can assess the whole pitch at once. So you can see the formations, you can see the shape of, of different teams, whereas in TV it might be zoomed into one player. Um and in terms of um well the other thing is atmosphere, right? The T V. You might be seeing with your dad, with your brother. They might have some comments, might be a little bit boring halfway through the game. 
But if you're actually in the crowd, I don't think it's ever boring because there's always someone shouting like abuse or some funny thing to a player or, you know, you can chat to someone you're with. Um, so I think there is just an overall better experience as a fan if you were to go to games um, in person. And how do you think having fans, having a full stadium in front of players, how do you think that impacts the game? Uh, well, I think we've seen it since the Project Restart has happened where a home game is, is barely a home game for teams now. The record is is almost 50-50 if, whether you're going to win or lose a home game where before that it was heavily slanted to the home team. So I think there's there's some clear sort of data there that proves that fans really affect the way football's played for some teams and that affects their morale. Um, and I think, I think yeah, I think the teams and players will be happy to see fans back eventually when when they are eventually allowed back. And how important would you say fans are to a football club in terms of the financial side? Well, I'm sure probably less for the bigger teams, but I know lower teams rely most, most of their money off gate receipts. So for many teams, it's sort of life or death whether fans can be there. Um, I'm aware in Germany as well that they also, teams like uh, Borussia Dortmund, rely on gate receipts and... Um, Obviously, merchandise, um, you know, food they can buy at the stadiums, they all rely on that sort of income heavily when it comes to their running the football club. And would you say there's any negatives of having fans in stadiums? Because obviously in recent uh, seasons, we've seen a rise in racism. Obviously not now as much, but back, uh, decades ago, there was hooliganism on the rise. How do you, how do you think that impacts the game? Well, I think sadly, even though fans aren't at the grounds, there's still quite a lot of racist abuse that's happening maybe online more than it would um, if there were actually fans in the stadium. Um, and there's also, you know, obviously the players are affected by the abuse that they might be throwing out on and off the pitch. I know per from personal experience, even playing small rugby games where there is a big crowd, you almost always feel an extra pressure when playing or you always hear someone saying something that's can be slightly off-putting during the game. Um, so I'm sure the players are are quite often affected by what the fans are saying. But also there's the other side of it where, you know, imagine how it feels to hear your, the fans sing your name whilst playing or, you know, running to the fans when you scored a goal. So I think there are different, there's, there's levels to it. All right, yeah. So obviously you're a Portsmouth fan and then known for having a strong and passionate fan base. How would how would you say how do you feel to be part of a club that's got such a passionate following? Well, as a fan, I think it's it's really good to know that other teams look at your fan base as a oh they're a bit royally or they're going to be loud when we go there because I think that's what one of the only things fans can control when supporting a football club. They can't control who they buy. They can't control who they sell. They can't control what the kit looks like. They can't control the manager but they can control the atmosphere when at the ground. So I think that is something that I'm definitely proud of as a Portsmouth fan, and uh, I'm sure other fans are as well. And finally, what would you say your best memory as a Portsmouth fan is? Uh, well, funny enough, during the 2008 FA Cup final, I would have been six or seven. Um, so I remember um, having there was a big screen on Portsmouth Common, where loads of people went to watch the game, but 
they they provided all the children with the um, the uh, sort of inflatable sticks to use to right. sort of create an atmosphere. Um, but I used them to play fight with my brother all game, so I don't actually remember a single bit of that game. I do remember though going to the FA Cup semi final and final in 2010 with my dad, and uh, especially the semi final. Obviously, we lost the final, so the semi final was a good memory because it was that kind of Portsmouth first Harry Redknapp's Tottenham. Um, and I, I specifically remember Portsmouth scoring and all the Tottenham fans leaving, and then the Portsmouth fans shut like chanting is there a fire drill mm. is there a fire drill so yeah that's probably Classic my bomb best bomb. memory best memory as a Portsmouth fan <laughs> Jack thank you very much thank you thank you for having me on Jack a massive thank you to Jack for sharing his experience as a football fan we have now reached the end of the show thank you very much for listening I hope you enjoyed <laughs>